0: And I hope that you will join us each week because uh, it's just gonna be beautiful leading up to Christmas. Here's the, here's the hope, here's the goal. If you wanna kind of just know what we're trying to capture around here over these next few weeks is majesty. That's the name of our series. We, just w- we wanna see the beauty and the goodness and the presence of God. And uh, I know the last 16 weeks have been heavy. Come on, somebody. Uh, arduous was the word that somebody else used. Um, there was a lot of heavy lifting. And so I'm just excited to preach today and be encouraging today. And uh, and for all of us today to it, it just experience the peace of God in our lives. Is that all right with everybody? So that's why we're here today. It's gonna be fun, fun season around here. So go with me in your Bibles to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four, y'all ready for the word today? Did you come with your Bibles? Yeah. Did you come with your regular notebooks? Yeah. Five of you, fantastic. All right, Philippians chapter four, verses four to nine. This is Paul the Apostle writing. Um, and a little context before we get into the the actual scripture, Paul is writing from prison. Most scholars, most theologians, uh, would agree that Paul is writing this specific letter from. Prison, And uh, one of the things that happens, especially in our 21st century American Western Christianity, is that we have the tendency, come on, how many of you know uh, that we do this? We have the tendency, when we say Paul was writing from prison, we think the prison's that we see right now. And that is so far, like, that is so far from the truth. Like, right, like our prisons right now look like a bread and bec- breakfast compared to what Paul went through, okay? And so when Paul's writing this letter, he is, he is writing from a dank Uh, chained up, smelly, dirty prison where presumably he has been beaten and flogged and not taken care of. He's not getting three meals a day. And scholars and theologians would would agree that this letter right here that we're about to read a section from is one of the happiest letters of the New Testament. It's one of the most joy-filled letters of the New Testament which is a grand juxtaposition, if you think about it, that one of the most joy-filled letters could actually be written from one of the most difficult places that somebody could find themselves in. Here's my question. Could you write a letter of joy if you were stuck in the same prison as Paul? Could you write a letter of of joy if you were in his situation? And so that's why this section of Scripture is gonna be incredibly Challenging for some of us today. So let's read with all that in mind, Philippians chapter four, verses four to nine says this, rejoice. Yeah. Can we just stop there for a second? How many of you already want to just close the Bible? What are you talking about, Paul? How can you rejoice in your situation? And he says, not just rejoice, but he says, rejoice in the Lord always. always. Oh, come on, somebody rejoice in the Lord. Always. Rejoice in the Lord Why is he saying always? He's saying always because our situations are not always good. So he wants to make sure that our rejoicing is not circumstantial rejoicing, but it's rejoicing that is built in the Lord. We rejoice always in what? The Lord. We don't rejoice in our circumstance all the time. Come on, how many of you agree with me? Show of hands. This is gonna be a participation sport today, okay? How many of you would say there are situations that are not the best sometimes and you don't really wanna rejoice? Okay, I hope we can all tell the truth in here. The rest of you are liars. We'll pray for you after service. <laughs> Show of hands. Come on, both auditoriums. Say. How many of you say there's situations that I, I do not want to rejoice in? Like I refuse to rejoice sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. How many of you are like me, stubborn? You put your foot down. God, <laughs> no rejoicing for me. Come on. But Paul says you got to rejoice oh, always. always. And he's like, and just in case you didn't get it, Again, I'll say rejoice. And then he says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Is it possible, is it possible that our rejoicing in bad circumstances is actually the most reasonable thing possible? Come on, come on. He says, let your reasonableness. Have you ever had somebody ask you, like, why are you so, like, why are you so joy-filled right now? Because your circumstance doesn't dictate it. Is it possible that the most reasonable thing that we can do as followers of Jesus is rejoice in the hardest moments of our life? Come on. Come on. This is what Paul says is reasonable behavior. I've watched a lot of Christians over the past four years lose their minds, lack of rejoicing. And, and I'm wondering, somebody said it to me after the first service, I love their thought. They're like, maybe, maybe the church would become attractive again if the people would become reasonable again. Come on. Come on. And our reasonableness is to worship when it doesn't make sense to worship. Our most reasonable response is when things are at their worst, my praise is at its best. Reasonable is, is that no matter what the circumstance and the situation, come on, somebody, Paul would say, rejoice, and again, I say, rejoice. We're going to just preach our way through this scripture. Is that all right today? He says, the Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything. What? Really, Paul? Don't be anxious about anything. That's how I read it. <laughs> it says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then here's what I want to focus on today, okay? And he says, and the peace of God. Ever shout peace? peace. Come on, ever shout peace. peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's anything, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and what you've seen in me, practice these things. And what happens if we practice them? The God of peace will be with you in Jesus' name. As we begin our Advent series, Majesty, I wanna to speak to you from the subject today, the peace of a king, as we look at experiencing a season of peace because of the majesty of Jesus. Will you pray with me just one more time today? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive, it's active, it's powerful, and it has the ability to transform us from the inside out. Your word today is what we need, not Jason's word. So God, I pray that you would Use me today to communicate the truths that you have for us today. Use me today to communicate the good news of this Advent season, that peace has come and peace has a name, your name, Jesus. We worship you and we praise you today in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody shout it. Come on, and everybody shout it. Amen. Amen. Noise-canceling headphones. is a gift. Thank you, Pastor Howie, is a gift. Show of hands, how many of you, um, so I can be jealous this morning, how many of you have noise-canceling headphones right now? Like, put them up, big and high, I wanna wanna see all of you people, if you have them, and you're not wearing them right now. Okay, how many of us don't, how many in this room don't have noise-canceling headphones? Okay, so I I went into the store the other day. Um, I'm checking out noise-canceling headphones right now. Um, So uh, I'm on airplanes quite a bit, and I have children, so noise canceling headphones um, are in my future, I pray. Um, But anyways, like when I fly, I can hear people talking next to me um, and uh, beside me. Can I just be very honest, like straight up honest, like just brutally honest with you? I'm not the pastor who tells you all the stories of people I talk to on the airplane. I'm not that guy. I love people, just not on the airplane, okay? (laughs) Um, and so what I try to do is I try to, I try to zone out a little bit. Typically when I'm flying, we're like going in and then coming out, it's a conference, it's a leadership thing, it's a whatever it may be. And so I've got to spend my time working on the airplane. And so I have really bad ADD. It's so why I can't focus in coffee shops anymore and work. And so I've got, to, I've got to start canceling things out if I want to try to get some work done. And so I went into the store the other day and put on some noise canceling headphones. Listen. It was awesome. It was the best sound I've never heard. Like, How many of you know what I'm talking about? I went in and I put those things on and they're talking to me and they're like, okay, when we, when we play this, it's gonna cancel everything out. And I was like, oh, please make my life good. Come on, let's do this. And so put it on and all of a sudden standing in the middle, there's, there had to have been 75 people in this store, people talking Christmas music, like all the stuff going on. And, and so, and all of a sudden, I put these headphones music, th- these headphones on and I turn them on and, and what happened? Everything was gone. She's like talking at me. And I'm like, I can't hear. <laughs> Couldn't hear, it was awesome. I lost my mind I, and I take them off and I was like, these things are amazing. Yeah. Can I put them back on? So I put them back on and everything disappeared. And there was this moment, although brief, when all the noise, all the, all the traffic of that place, the incoming customers, random conversations, they became silenced. And in that moment, peace. I was listening to something, but nothing else was drowning it out. And I felt peace. And I don't know if you'd agree with me today, but I believe that, that peace is very hard to find in our world right now. How many, how many of you agree with me that peace is hard to find in the world right now? We look for it. We pick up rocks and we look for it in people and we're searching for it in, in stores. And can I just tell you that you are not gonna find peace at Walmart this Christmas season, right? You're not gonna find it on Rollback on Black Friday, right? Can I tell you that you will not pick up peace at Costco this Christmas season? You're not gonna find it at Nordstrom? Amazon is not gonna deliver it to your door. And this is not a message against stuff and things, that's not, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to illustrate something for us that, that for many of us, we are looking for peace in all the wrong places. Right, right. And so what Paul's gonna share with us as he writes to the Philippians, and for some of you right now that you're like, well, this isn't even a Christmas scripture. It is a Christmas scripture because the peace that we have in Jesus is what Christmas is about. When everything is fast paced, when everything is hectic, when it's somewhat out of control, we look for a calm, controlled and collected atmosphere. But the problem is, is that we rarely, if ever, find it. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace, every shout my peace, every shout my peace. This is is important because we'll talk about it a little bit later. He says, my peace I give to you, but I don't give as the world gives. I don't give and take it away. I I, I don't give and if you're on your best behavior, you can keep it. He says, I I, I give it, but I don't give as the world gives. So don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. So here's the good news for all of us today. Peace has Come. That's the good news today. I'm gonna say it one more time for the people in the back. Peace has come. Yes. You and I have the ability to be in peace. Yes. In all the clamor and all the noise and all the frustration and all the anxiety and all the fear, you and I have the ability, come on, to be in peace. peace. Yes. You can rest in peace. Not dead, just rest in it. What'd your pastor tell you today? Rest in peace. <laughs> so with the remainder of our time together today, I wanna, I wanna just take a look at what the peace of God is and what it does in our lives. And I actually believe that Paul the Apostle, as he writes this, gives us a really great framework for peace. How many, how many of you would say, can we just do a therapy session in church today? How many of you would say like me, I need peace in my life right now. I need peace in my life right now. And I'm not, I'm not talking about a change in situation because we would all agree we need a change in situation. I'm talking about peace no matter the situation that's going on right now. Let's let's try this again. How many want and would love to have peace no matter what is happening in their life right now? Come on, somebody. It's great. So that's what we're gonna learn. We're gonna learn what Paul says about peace, what the Bible says about peace and how it works in our life this Christmas season. Need your help today? Come on, reach shot number one. Here's the first thing that Paul tells us. He tells us that the peace of God is, is a divine peace. It's a divine peace. Let's read our scripture again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here it is. And the peace of God. And the peace of God. Why is peace a divine peace? peace. Well, according to Paul, it is a divine peace because that peace belongs to God. Y'all see it? The peace of God. See, for many of us, we believe, whether we would say it or not, we believe that we have the ability to manufacture our own peace. Just one more vacation and I'll have some peace. Come on, somebody. Just, just one day without my family and I'll have some peace. Just just one day where the boss isn't, isn't on my tail and I'll have peace. peace. Y'all see what I'm talking about? And for a lot of us, we think that the absence of situation is what brings peace. No, that brings quiet. Peace belongs to God. And that's why it is given to you and I. One of the greatest gifts that you and I can receive this Christmas season is not something that is packaged in a box. It is the peace of our God. His name is Jesus. And so Paul writes, he says, that it's a and this peace is of God. It belongs to him. It is God author, then therefore it is a divine peace. We do not receive a generic, mundane, impersonal peace and without power, but rather a peace that is authored by the very word that holds all things together. Do you know how excited I've been to preach this message to you? The past 16 weeks have been heavy, hard stuff. Oh, to just talk about peace today. And I hope you leave today feeling peace because it's peace that comes not on behalf of a service, not on behalf of the person you're sitting next to, not because you were in church today, but it is a peace that is found in the presence of God. It's a divine peace. It was given by the one who gave us breath and authored creation, put the stars in the sky. We don't receive peace and stuff and things or power or prestige or fame or accolade. Peace peace doesn't come when your team wins this season. (laughs) All for some of you, though. (laughs) You need some peace. Seahawks fans. (laughs) Lord Jesus, help them. (laughs) The peace that we receive is from God and through Jesus. It's a divine peace. Uh, the A-type personalities in here are gonna hate this message today. You're gonna struggle. Where are all my doers in here? Doers, come on, show, like, shoot. And you're, you proudly put your hands up. Yes, I'm a doer. Okay, where are all my beers? You're just like, I'll go with the flow, man, right? Come on, all my beers, all my beers. You represent the turtle um, on Finding Nemo. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Okay, where are all my, be- I'm a beer, I'm a beer. I'm not necessarily a doer. Where are all my doers at? Doers, raise your hand again. Okay, cool. Uh, you're gonna hate this message. Here's why. Because automatically right now in your mind, you're thinking about what what do I? And you're thinking to yourself, this brother better have A, B, and C underneath this point number one. That's what you're thinking right now. You better have subs points and scripture references. You better tell me how this thing is gonna be produced. Can I just tell you something today? I'm not going to. Because you can't produce it. Why? Because it's not yours. He, He gives it. It's a, it's a gift. You doing it or trying to produce it defeats the very thing that he gives you. Right, right. That's why we know that it's a divine peace. It's the peace that you can rest in because he gave it. Number two, every shot number two. Here's the second thing that we need to understand that the Bible tells us that Paul writes to us. Second thing is this, that the peace of God is a transcendent peace. It's a transcendent peace. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, we just read about that. Here it is, which surpasses all understanding. The peace that you and I have in Christ is a transcendent peace. It's a peace that does not make sense. It's the peace you receive when things don't make sense. Come on, show of hands right now in both of our rooms today. How many of you would say, you might have some things in life right now that don't make sense? You are facing things in life right now that don't make sense. How many of you would agree with me that the world does not make sense right now? There's so much in front of us that doesn't make sense. And Paul says, when you're sitting in a prison and you're not getting food and I haven't showered in months and things aren't going the way that I wanted to, I just want you to know that the peace of God, which surpasses my understanding of the situation, will be with you. Come on. Someone shout peace. peace. It surpasses our understanding. And I like to think, and I know, that life hands us our fair share of things we simply don't understand. Some of this, this Christmas season are gonna face unexpected loss. Sickness, disease, injustice, hatred, not to mention all the things that stack themselves against us in our personal lives. The things that are at times simply beyond our comprehension. Somebody I know is in a network that I'm a part of and wasn't able to come to a, an event that a pastor's gathering that we're a part of because one day he wasn't feeling good, generically healthy, but wasn't feeling good, felt a little off, went to the doctor. The doctor tells him, stage four. Zero to hundred miles an hour. Can you imagine, and some of you can, what it's like to go from everything's good So now I have no idea what's next. And these are not pithy words that I'm trying to give us today. There is a peace that surpasses my understanding of that. There is a peace that you can have that surpasses the papers that you've just been served. Come on. There is a peace that surpasses the understanding of the addiction you're still facing. There is a peace that surpasses what it is that we are facing in this world. Come on, have you, have you turned on the news lately? They're not necessarily peddling in peace right now. Come on. Like some of you came into church anxious today just simply because you, you started scrolling through Instagram. Let's go. Come on, it's getting quiet in church today. Right? There's, there's a peace that surpasses my ability to fathom what's going on right now. Right. There's a peace that I can have that, that, that goes beyond my comprehension when the world around me seems to be raging and burning down. Right. And what's concerning to me as a pastor is I watch a lot of Christians who do not stand in that peace. Wow. Wow. I watch a lot of Christians who try to manufacture a peace that you can never build out because you do not hold the power to do so. It's not your peace. It's the peace that God gives and it's transcendent. It is above everything. Number three, come on, everybody shout number three. There's the third thing we need to realize that, that the Bible points out to us that Paul writes about is that the peace of God is a protective peace. The peace of God is a protective peace. Listen to what Philippians 4, 4 through 9 says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. Is it all right if we just walk through scripture like this today? The Lord's at hand. Don't be anxious about anything. That, does that trip anybody up every time we read that? Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. So the divine peace, which is transcendent in nature, this is what it does. It will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It is a protective peace it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus listen to the new american commentary what it says of this peace guard i quote is a military term implying that peace stands on duty to keep out anything that brings about anxiety it's protective it guards in other words, the, the imagery that Paul wants us to have is that I've got peace guarding my mind. I've got peace guarding my heart. It's standing at the front door of my mind and it's standing at the, at the front door of my heart. I like to see my peace as a peace ninja. <laughs> you, your peace can look however you want it to look. My peace is a ninja. I'm a four-year-old at heart. Just deal with it, guys. And the way that I look at it is that when there's something that's trying to get into my mind that doesn't belong there, I've got peace standing. It is standing guard at my mind. When something's trying to get up into my heart, it's gonna mess me up and it's gonna cause me to go silent. <laughs> I don't care what your peace looks like, mine looks like a ninja and it will ninja get something that tries to get up into these places. Why? Because peace is standing and guarding my heart and mind. Some of you are like, he is a 12 year old. Yes! But some of you are so mature that you don't allow that peace to guard you. (sighs) So, you're welcome for the ninja picture, as you will walk out of here today and be like, I got a ninja in my mind. <laughs> Some of us need to do that. We think there's all these other ways. No, Paul says it's a peace that guards, it stands there, it fights for your heart, for your mind. So, at that family dinner, <laughs> come on, somebody, you need a peace ninja. <laughs> Right, at at work this year, when the rumor goes around that layoffs are happening, and you're trying to figure it out, you got peace that's guarding your mind and your heart. But but what if they do, lay me off? Yeah. What if they do? We like to flip things within Christianity, especially. We like to make it all positive don't we? Yeah. So, something happened over the past 20 years of church where we thought the best way to help people is to make everything positive. But then they're frustrated when life's not positive. Right? Let me, let me tell you, I'm gonna give you the most positive news today. Life is not positive. Come on, somebody. But here's what I do know, that you have peace in the middle of it. So, so what if you do get laid off? It's fully possible. Will you have the peace of God or will you only have peace if you get what you want? Wow. Wow. Help, help what, what if I get sick this season? What if you do? Will you have the peace of God? Or will you just be sick and mad and angry because the holidays didn't go your way? Am I up in anybody's business today? <laughs> What if you pull out of the parking lot and you get hit today? There's some drivers at the well. (laughs) Has anybody like, like, have you ever had the anxiety that I've had before where you want everything to go so well because you know if it doesn't, it'll make you go sideways? You know what I'm talking about? If it just, if it doesn't, just go right. Like if it doesn't snow on Christmas Eve after the services, Jesus, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, come on. Or am I, just the, am I just the only one in here that has a framework of how things have to go in order for it to be good? Yeah. But Paul says, no matter the situation, you can experience peace and it, and it, and it protects you. It, it guards you. It's not a passive peace. It's a peace that's active, and it's engaged. See, I think so many times we simply see and experience Jesus as a fairy tale or a character and a good story. But he's so much more than that. We're cared for, we're loved, we're looked out for, we're protected, we are, we are kept. His peace is not the removal of trials in our lives. It's actually rather the strength, the guard and the protection that he gives me in order to make it through no matter what the trial. I don't know what you're facing, but here's what I do know. The gospel, the good news, Advent, the coming of Jesus offers us everything we've been looking for. It's the place that I go to in his presence where I have peace. It's a gift, the gift of peace in and through grace. The gift of God is only found in and through faith. It's not in what we can do or earn or produce or attend or serve. It's found in Jesus, nothing more, nothing less. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. He gave freely to save a wrecked and ruined world simply because he loves you and he loves me. And that's the one who says, you have peace in me. The fourth and the last thing is this, number four. Every shot number four. Everybody shot number four. Here's the last thing that we learned from Paul. He says, the peace of God is a functional peace. All right, now all you A-types can get really excited, okay? <laughs> there's still no sub points, but you can get excited. The peace of God is a functional peace. He says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, is there, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me." Here it is, practice these things and the peace of God will be with you. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Couple weeks back last week, we put up our Christmas tree. How many of you put up a Christmas tree already? Where are my psycho Christmas people? Okay. We did ours the day after Thanksgiving. Where are, the, where are you October people? I just need to, okay. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be, be healed. <laughs> so we put up our Christmas tree um, the day after Thanksgiving and Erica was psyched about it because She's ready to just be in the mood and the kids are ready to go. And so tree goes up. And uh, how many of you know that when you, when you put that tree up for the first time, you start putting the stockings up and the little knickknacks out and lights and the twinkling things, everything like that. It changes the atmosphere of the home, doesn't it? Yes. And I think that's why, like shout out to the October people. I think that's why you put it up. You're like, we're gonna get out of this Halloween thing. We're going <laughs> straight to it. Um, I get it. So I, 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 I see you, I see you. Um, so we put it up and we, we sat, we sat back once it was all up and, and, and there is, there's a, there's a change, there's an atmosphere shift in the house. There is a, uh, for lack of better terms, let's call it a manufactured piece, okay? I think that's why everybody likes it. But I was acutely aware of something as I'm reading this and Paul says, Paul says hey, you need, to, you need to practice these things. What, what does that mean to practice these things? In other words, peace, should rearrange our lives. You can't practice peace, right? Like, how do you do that? Like, think about it. How, how, do, you, how do you practice peace? Is it, is, it, is it some like, okay, everybody's yelling right now. Be calm. No, that's just willpower over your emotions. But that's not peace. Don't do what you would normally do, Jason. That's just willpower. Don't, don't tweak that. <laughs> That's just willpower. Y'all see what I'm talking about? Yeah. Smile at everybody. <laughs> you know what we call that? Fake. Come on, somebody. We don't do fake church around here. We don't do plastic smiles around here, right? Is, is everything okay? Yes, everything is perfect. You're a liar. So think about this. In our desire to manufacture peace, we lie. We cheat things. We fake it. Can I tell you that's not peace? That is not peace. So Paul says, practice these things. So back to the tree. Well, here's what I had to do in order to get the tree up in my living room, in order to have what it is that I was looking for. Just go with the illustration, okay? We had to move furniture. I had to purposely move some things in order to make room for the thing that I wanted. Eric's like, we're gonna move this chair over here and we gotta move stuff off the shelf, why? And in order to get what it is that we want, in order to get the Christmas picture that we were going for, we had to move some things. Can I tell you today, if you want the peace of God in your life, you have to remove some furniture that you've been holding on to in your heart. Come on, somebody. You know that little chair of a fence that's been in there? And you put up an ottoman called shame? Put your foot up on it. It's my little shame, Ottoman. I'm resting nicely in that. And so God says, no, 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 that's my place. Uh, If you want peace, you gotta get rid of that chair. You gotta get rid of that Ottoman. Come on, come on. You know that little little side table of unforgiveness? You got up in your heart? Mm. If you want peace, you gotta rearrange the furniture. You know that dining table of hatred you've got set up? Wow. That everybody that comes into your life, you sit them at that table? Because wow. you don't know anything else? Oh, boy. <laughs> you've got to remove some furniture. This Christmas season, if we're gonna, if we're gonna practice these things, We've gotta rearrange some stuff in our heart. You, can't, you don't rearrange your situation, you gotta arrange your heart. Yeah. And the peace of God practiced in my life, which surpasses all understanding, it sets itself up, it creates an atmosphere that no matter what is going on, I have peace. So when those people that you would rather have come sit at your table of hatred, they're now gonna sit at a table of peace with you. When you're used to putting your feet up on that ottoman of shame, you're no longer gonna, that's not your portion anymore. It's an ottoman of peace. I'm gonna put my feet up on that. I wonder if that's what the Bible meant when it says, that God sets these, a table in the midst of my enemies. Because I don't think God was saying, I want to set up a table of hatred for you so you can ridicule and speak nasty and whatever. I think it's a table of peace. But guess what? It's a table that you do not build. It's a table that's given by him. Why? Because the peace that we have is in Christ Jesus. It is in our God, today at the outset of this Christmas season, church, my prayer is this, that every single one of us would experience and live in the peace that we have in Jesus, that guards our hearts and our minds. that goes beyond my comprehension and understanding, and we stand firm in it so that I will find rest for my soul. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on and all God's people shout Amen, 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 amen. Come on, would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes today. I wanna ask you a question. Simple question, but profound question. For some of us, an existential question. And it's this, have you said yes to Jesus? Not what do you think about Jesus not whether you actually believe in Jesus or not. Obviously to say yes to him, there's gotta be some sort of assessed belief, but there's a difference between knowing about Jesus and deciding to follow Jesus. And I'll tell you what, the place that peace starts is always the pursuit of Jesus. And so today with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around, if you would say, man, Jason, that is is me. I need to take this first step towards peace by taking a step towards Jesus, by saying today, deciding today that you wanna follow Him all the days of your life. Come on, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I wanna ask everybody to repeat this prayer after me, but especially those of us today, in both of our auditoriums who'd say, man, that's me, I need to say yes to Jesus. Come on, as loud as we can all together today, would you just repeat this after me? Everybody say, Jesus, I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you my past, I'm giving you my right now, I'm putting my future in your hands. Save me, change me, and make me new. And I declare in this moment that I'm gonna follow you all the days of my life. Today, I am deciding to follow you. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' mighty name.